This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hey, y'all. We're going to talk today about saying it better, how to make your message clear to your partner so that uh, you're stating your ideas and including your deeper emotions. And before we get into it, though, let's mention a couple of ways that you can connect with us that we have going on. We got our social media contest going on right now, where if you tag some friends, share a post, do the social media thing, then you get one of the greatest prizes that I can possibly think <laughs> Insta, of. Insta. On Insta. On Insta, on Facebook, you do that, and you are entered into a drawing to get a free consultation with the great Lori Watson. <laughs> um, and that is a is worth more than gold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So good. How long, <laughs> so are, they gonna, how long are you going to talk to them? We're going to talk for an hour and just do an assessment, a consultation with a couple anywhere in probably the world, actually, mm-hmm. because we can Skype or use Zoom or something and talk with you and your partner about what's going on in your sex life, what's going on in your relationship, and I'll offer you my thoughts about it and a little bit of direction about where you should take this. So definitely get onto Instagram, see what the rules yeah. are, get onto Facebook, see what that is, how we would like you to share these posts and tag your friends so that we build yeah. our social following and pe- more people know about us. Worldwide. We've gone global, y'all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're on all the socials, foreplay, RST, um, across them all. So be sure to check us out there. And then- And we are in Norway. We're Nor- in Norway? I'm Norwegian, yeah. You're you're Norwegian? And German. And we're, in, we're big in Germany and right. we're- we have like 26 listeners in we're, Norway. We're, we're big in Germany, just like David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah. Big, big in Germany. Shout out to the Deutschland. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I'm sure I said that wrong. We're also, Love and Sex 360 is coming back, y'all. We had a great retreat in the mountains in Asheville, North Carolina um, this spring, and we're doing one in the fall, which there is no better time of year, no better place to be in the fall than Asheville, North Carolina. It's going to be beautiful. And we've got a... We're going to have fires, and it's going to be gorgeous. Yeah, controlled fires, not Smokey the Bear fires. Um, We're going to have just a great time. we got two brand new packages for you, one where you can just come for the workshop. It's a little more affordable. You can come and hang out with us all weekend, get the class material. Um, We do do a sex Q&A, though, on Saturday. Yeah. Early evening. Yeah, we'll do with uh, me and Lori. We'll be up there answering all of your questions, anonymous questions, if you prefer it that way. And then we also have a package where you can come to the workshop, um, but then also get some private one-on-one therapy with myself or Lori or with our awesome friends, uh, Carol and Shelly. Yeah, 
Shelley Hummel and Carol Collins. And uh, they're going to be there as well. They're great. Um, we got to have them on the podcast. We're going to do that um, this time. Soon. So you can, yeah. uh, very soon, so you can get to know them. But connect with us that way. It's loveandsex360.com, L O V E A N D S E X 360. And then the com. And you can find us there. So saying it better, right? Saying it better. Yes. So that we can do it better. So that we can do it better. I <laughs> Let, like that. Look, y'all, that, that took that y'all that, that took Lori that, that took Lori a minute. <laughs> she didn't get it. I was waiting for her reaction and she <laughs> took her just I was, that reading, was a little bit delayed. I was reading my next part. <laughs> right. I didn't expect that anyway. Say it better, it better so you so can, can do, do it better. better right? Yeah, what okay. are we talking about That's today? That's our motto. That should be our new motto. Instead say of just keep it hot, we should say say, say it, it better so you can do it better. That's right. Okay. Uh, but we want people to be able to hear each other better, right? Because oftentimes that pursuer distancer dynamic that we talk about all the time, um, we get locked into our assumptions, right? And it makes it hard for us to hear what each other are actually saying. Exactly. And, you know, I, I worked with a couple in an intensive and, you know, she had been hurt by something that was uh, really painful in the relationship. And she thought that that meant that he didn't love her and that she wasn't important to him. And he was certain that her complaints about him were that he was a horrible person. Mm. And he was just shocked to hear that actually her complaints were this desperate attempt to get him to love her in the ways that made sense to her and that were meaningful to her. And she was shocked to hear that his withdrawal was about his despair and not feeling good enough and not feeling like there was any hope to ever make her happy because he so desperately wanted her to be happy with him. Yeah, and if we can just get in that mindset that complaints are actually bids for affection, right? Yes. Uh, uh, that they're and bids for attention, for um, for connection, yeah. really, right? And that complaints in relationship, they are okay. It's not that we want a complaint-free relationships, right? Well, that's never going to happen. Oh, yeah, the, because we, we think that, but that's what people who come to therapy think all the time. They think that once they're done with therapy, everything is going to be smooth and uh-huh. nobody's going to have any complaints anymore. And, and they often typically, say, it was a good week. We didn't have any fights. And yes. Like, okay, that, that doesn't that make has, it. That has nothing to do with that it. That doesn't make it a good week. Or oftentimes, like what I have, it's typically the men that come in, right? They come in and they say, oh, everything was good. And then the um, female will bring up something that she didn't like. And he is right. just floored that she would have any kind of complaint about right. about it was the week. So good, yeah, yeah, it was so good. But complaints are okay, and in fact, needed in relationship to be able to say this is what we need to do better. But mm-hmm. we do need to bring up com- our complaints better because oftentimes that does that's not what happens. It's not just a complaint; it's a criticism. Right, and so we want to teach people ways that they can do this without blame or contempt and i think particularly without projection so oh, that's a big psychoanalysis <laughs> word so you have to people use that word all the time and i don't think that that you're it right means what they you're think right it, means. it was psychobabble forgive no, me no no no. it's good no it you was. i want you to explain it explain okay. what it is because okay. i think people say that all the time don't stop projecting on me and i and i um as to quote a line from one of my favorite movies I don't think that word means what you think it means, <laughs> right? Okay. So okay. What? So projection is when I assign kind of a meaning that I'm thinking something is about to you. So, for instance, if I say to you, "Well, you you don't ever want to have sex with me," that's you don't love me. 
That yeah. I'm making meaning of something. That's not really my deep. It, my fear might be I feel unloved. Yes. You know, when you don't want to have sex with me, but it isn't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And a projection is I'm telling you how you feel and what you mean by this action, not necessarily how I feel about it. Yeah. And so it, it gets confusing. It gets really confusing. Yeah. I, and I think people too, when they are complaining, they tend to stick and with the top level emotion or the surface emotion, right? They don't go deeper. Mm-hmm. Right? It's used language from emotional intelligence language. It's mm-hmm. there. They stay on the primary emotion rather than going to the secondary emotion. I thought uh, they were, they stay on the secondary emotion without going to the primary. The primary is you are correct. closest to our heart. Uh, so the secondary emotion would be something like anger. Yes. And the primary emotion might be something like... Hurt. Hurt. Yeah. Or disappointment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thanks for that correction because that, yeah. that, is, that is correct. And a secondary emotion might be something like I'm acting defensively. I'm defending my position. Mm-hmm. I feel anxious by what you just said. But my primary emotion is fear of rejection. Yeah, Absolutely. And so when we don't do that, we don't actually begin to talk about our real needs, our real fears, um, and it stays more critical or accusational. Yes. I like your voice, Adam. Well, thank you. You have a great radio voice. Right right (laughs) now, I have a bit of a chest cold. Oh, maybe that's a little 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 bit deeper. deeper. A little deeper. Next week when I'm all on antibiotics and healed and things, it will (laughs) be back to its normal girlish sound. There we go. Okay. So uh, we would like to give you examples of things that we commonly hear couples say to each other and ways that you can deepen this so that your partner hears you more clearly. We want you to include your emotions with what you're telling your partner so that it compels your partner towards you instead of pushing them away because they think you're blaming them. So the first way we're going to say it is the blaming way or the surface level way, and the second way we're going to teach you to say it is through a deeper, more full-bodied way of communicating to your partner. The first one that we hear, particularly around sex all the time, is I want you to want it, Mm -hmm. right? In other words, saying I want you to, I don't want you to just have sex with me because I'm asking you and you're my spouse and you're supposed to have sex with me. I want you to actually want it mm-hmm. right that's mm-hmm. what that's what it it's saying i want you to want to have sex I, I think this is the the hope that if our partner wanted sex as much as we did it's like the golden it's the goose that laid the golden egg now they are producing desire themselves versus this complicated thing that we have to produce desire between us right. which feels more tentative and not as sure of a thing yeah Right. It is that golden ticket because we think that if you did want it as much as I did, then we would be doing it like bunnies all the time. (laughs) That's right. Right. Absolutely right. So perhaps a better way to say that then I want you to want it because that's not really something vulnerable about you is how about saying it like this? I want sex so much because it makes me feel deeply connected to you. And when I see your lower desire or your lackluster response to my suggestions for sex, I feel deflated, I feel sad, and I feel unconnected. I feel afraid that my bugging you for it will make you reject me and I'll be left out in the cold. So that's quite a bit. That's quite a bit different, too. Uh I mean, it's not only more, it's deeper. It's deeper. 
And it, it includes the fears and concerns that the partner has versus this top level surface kind of thing. I just want you to want it as if that was going to solve the problem. Yeah. And because I want you to want it strips it of connection. It Honestly, does. it strips it of security in the relationship and makes it just about the act rather than about this desire to connect, this desire to um, feel loved and the fear that if we're not doing that, what's happening in our relationship, yes. right? Yes. It's that vulnerability. And I think that's what, as when we come back and begin to out from break and start to talk about more of these and give you more examples, that's the goal, right? The goal is that we are more vulnerable with each other so that our partners can hear us better and be compelled to move closer to us. Yes. Awesome. Back in a bit. So just a quick word about our couples intensives that both me and Lori offer. Oftentimes, healing in relationships, it just takes more than the average 50-minute session every week over several months of time. A couples intensive therapy offers an alternative to that. It happens over a weekend, typically 12 to 16 hours, somewhere in there, that really helps to calm high-conflict situations, build more healthy patterns of communication, and really, it's a jump start to change, right, Lori? Like, Absolutely. it can be something that can really catapult you into change a little bit quicker than the average once a week type of therapy situation. I think so. And people ask me, what does it look like? What do you do? And usually for me, I do a three-day itinerary. The first day is basically coming to why did they come at this point in their relationship? What is their current functioning? And then often maybe that's a Friday night, Saturday morning, we start talking about what is the dynamic? Where's the toxic cycle? And then we look at their family of origin. And I would say by Saturday afternoon, that's the time that we start to really dig into how do you stop the toxic cycle? And maybe if the problem is over sexual difficulties, there's an assignment and a discussion about what that will be. And they usually complete that assignment in their hotel room all by themselves. You know, we don't do any of that, you know, supervision of that. But we then the next morning debrief that and talk about you know how the assignment went there is often time at this point because of the amount of hours that we've spent together to perhaps process one trauma from the past as well so you know it's a really intensive way of working it's my favorite way to work and you know i'm reducing kind of my weekly caseload at this point so this is where i'm directing my efforts in clinical work Right. You also get a post-intensive action plan to take home with you to follow up. We plan how you can continue this work for you. But we'd be happy to talk to you more about if you feel like an intensive is right for you, whether it'd be good to work with me or with Lori. So give us an email at info at foreplayradiosextherapy.com. All right. So we're back and we are talking about different ways <laughs> that e- you can communicate better, more vulnerably. And we vulnerably. had kind of a fest while we were gone on break. We did. We, had <laughs> we did. a sort of <laughs> fest. <laughs> wait, wait, can show, show them that Madison's in the room too here. Push, push the mic to Madison so what? they can introduce. <laughs> Mad- She's like giggling. It's really funny. Right. It's really funny. Like Go ahead. Say hello, hello podcasters. Hello, podcasters. Yes, that is Madison, our oh. intern who that makes is. things work. And we uh, are grateful. Yeah. Thank you. We made Madison's ears burn during the break. Yes. 
Um, but we won't make yours. Instead, we'll give you just helpful tips about how to <laughs> say it better so that you can do it better. We talked about <laughs> I want you to want it. And the second one is the opposite side, right? It's the opposite one from yes. I want you to want it, which is the complaint is you always want sex. If I give it to you, you'll just be happy as a clam because right. clams are happy so creatures. Happy. <laughs> what I think they're really trying to say is I'm really afraid that you just want my body and that if we have sex, you won't care about my needs or my mind or parts that are other than my body and having sex and you'll be happy and just walk away from me. Yeah, because sex isn't about me. It's about just the act of sex. Right? And I think that there's this fear, right, is if we meet our partner's needs, then they're not going to give a flying rip about us. They're going to just go their way. They got their bucket filled up and now done. Yeah. And so that deeper sense of loneliness and not knowing me, mm -hmm. right, and that anxiousness never gets talked about, right? And that's what we're saying is that instead of saying you always want sex, it's about when I hear that you want sex, it makes me feel um, discounted and alone and unimportant to you. Like if the partner would also say, you know, I know that you really need time together with me to feel safe sexually. And we don't have much time this week. We are just slam busy. So let's plan for that on Saturday. And, you know, I, I really, though, want to be with you sexually tonight. Yeah. You know, not a quid pro quo, not I'll give you that if you give me this. That's not it. It's That's mm. not the spirit that works. But it's an acknowledgement of what your partner needs, both to feel safe sexually, but also just that's their sort of highest love language. Right. Okay. And the next one that we hear a lot is you're not emotionally connected to me. That complaint, right? Which in that just short statement is difficult, right? It is. And and frequently the partner who's hearing that wants to run screaming from the room. That's right. They like, do. I, I've <laughs> heard that a million times. I don't even know what the it means. That's right. But <laughs> what they're what a better way to say that, right, is that I'm looking for a response, preferably an enthusiastic response to things that are important to me. I want to connect with you. I'd like you to also be engaged and to do that in a way where you're asking me questions and caring about what I'm into because that makes me feel connected to you. It makes me feel like you're interested in me. Even if you're not interested in the things that I like, you're at least interested in me enough to know that. And I'm afraid when we're not emotionally connected that we're going to drift apart and that I'm just going to be left alone again. Mm. Um, and I, I, I want you to want to know me, to want to get inside my head and, and, and want to be there because that signals to me that I'm important to you. Oh, Adam, that was so sweet. That was so well done. Oh, well, thank uh, you. Good job. Good That's job. Right. If only men all over the world would say that, I think women would melt. Right. That's 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 right. But typically, I mean, again, gender stereotyping here. But yes. typically, it's not the men that are wanting the emotional connection. They're, at least they're not coming into the office going, "I want her to connect more emotionally with me." I, I will say, I've had some. I oh have yeah, some, some absolutely. In that do that. And I'm sorry that I was so gender stereotypical. That's. A, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I was stupid. I'm just saying. You want men? I was stupid. No, I did not say. I, was, I did not say stupid. stupid. Saying, okay, okay. No, I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> Adam it's just not, called me stupid for the I, record. I did not. Let's go back review. <laughs> okay. Um, but 
that's a better that's a better more full deeper emotionally connected it is uh, complaint than you're not emotionally connected to me yes so what about the partner who comes home and their partner says you just don't see the mess around here meaning it's you don't see all the work that needs to be done that's right yeah. right so what's a better way to say that i think it, it's more i feel like the burden of responsibility for keeping our house together falls on me. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel alone in that. I feel like I'm the only one and that if if I didn't do it, then you would never notice it and not do anything with it. And it makes me feel like we're that I'm just your maid. Um, okay, that's like the blaming way to say it, I that think. That is the blaming way to say it. Hang that on. is the blaming way to say it. Okay, let me help you. Let me yeah, help you. I, yeah, are we keeping it that in the podcast? Like, we're yeah, not going to edit that out? Yeah, I think that's funny. I think okay. that's great. Let's yeah, I failed. Ugh. Gosh. Gosh, I was so emotionally stunted there. <laughs> that is the ac- like that's the familiar. accusation. That was the <sighs> accusation. So how about this? You know, I need a high level of order to feel at peace. And I'd love for you to take responsibility every day for one room, whether it's the same room or one room at a time, without me asking for it to be done, without me reminding, and you just straighten it up and pick it up. Yeah. So it's a direct request it's a vulnerable statement. I need a high level of order to feel at peace. It's not you've forgotten or you don't see it or you make me the maid. It's just this is what I need. Mm. This is what I need from you. Would, would Could you add a I know you don't need that same thing as well, me or you don't I, need it the same way that I do? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I, I think if it's part of the argument, I, I would just leave that out. Okay. You know, a lot of times we try to cram too much into one statement. Mm. Okay, so you never spend time with me. I do. It's, it's <laughs> all, all time. Right. We watched TV last night. We went to that movie. We went to the the, the baseball game the other day. That's right. Your, when your parents were over, we that was that felt like forever. We were together the whole time. <laughs> so the defense is the typical uh, yeah. way to respond to so that. So what's a better way to say you never spend time with me? To bring that up. So first of all, it's to, again, make it specific about what you want and then deepen it with more of your experience and sweeten it with a bid for your partner's um, attention. So like this, Uh, you know, what I really want to do on the weekend is I want us to have like six hours that is just dedicated time for us without the kids. And I want part of it to be looking at each other like over dinner or something and talking about our dreams, not talking about our dailies. And when we spend time together, it's like I really feel your presence, and it makes me believe I can get through my week. Wow, that's you sweet. Know? So it's like I'm telling you exactly what I want. I'm telling you what it's going to look like, and I'm encouraging you to do it with me because I'm telling you I need you. Mm-hmm. You know, not you don't do this for me, but I need you. I need you for my survival. I need you because I enjoy you. All of that. Can I can I make a suggestion there? Yes. Right, because if you don't say that six hour date is going to end in sex, I'm checking out. It's, <laughs> I, as, as soon as you say six hours, I'm checking out. Yeah. But yeah. but I think that last part, the I need you, I mm-hmm. need to be in your presence with just mm-hmm. us. That to me, that's compelling. Mm-hmm. Right. It's mm-hmm. not. It's necessarily. Um, the looking to each other's eyes and talking about our dreams part, right? I understand Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. right? But that's not a need that I share. But when Mm -hmm. I hear, I need you, Mm 
mm-hmm. right? That to me, I'm right there. Yeah, I'm 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 with the six yeah, hours. Yeah, certainly if your partner's love language is sex, um, that would be even a better way to to make this. No, happen, but I'm right? not. I'm yes, but I'm saying I'm talking about like the just the phrase "I need you." Like that's there's something even if it's not a, a sexual, even if it's just "I need your presence." Oh, this is just so reminding me of of Game of Thrones. I can't even tell you. Okay. Those of you who are, have seen Game of Thrones, you have to go to my Twitter page. Okay. So it's uh, Ask Lori Watson, and you will see my Game of Thrones comment there. Yes. If you okay. go if you go to my Twitter page, you will see some comment um, about what was happening in um, five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> However, right that okay. that phrase "I need you" is to me is killer. Like yeah. it, it is just it just it's so it's so good, and it like beyond just the the what you're gonna do. That's me. I would do anything. That's the deep emotional yeah. vulnerability. Yeah, if my wife comes to me and says, I need you, like, mm-hmm. I'm on high alert, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that is the vulnerability there. What about the one, why don't you initiate sex, uh, right? Yeah. Why this don't is, you ever initiate yeah, sex? Yeah, or better yet, it probably comes out, you never initiate <laughs> that's sex. That's right, that's usually right? it. Um, but perhaps a better way, that it's a more vulnerable way, is talking about how I want to feel wanted. Mm-hmm. Right? When you initiate sex with me, I am reassured that you desire me and me alone and that we're gonna be together, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's security. It feels like our relationship is secure because you're not, you're not out there looking for anyone else. You want me mm-hmm. and you have eyes for me. Um, and I feel it just draws me closer to you whenever you initiate. That's lovely. Yeah, oh, thank that's you. lovely. It was better than the last one. That was. That I was, was pra- a lot better. I was practicing that, that one. <laughs> yeah. Why are you always angry with me? Well, it's because of that thing you did. And <laughs> when you keyed my car, I, I just can't get over that. <gasps> I know. Right, that was terrible. Adam's do people, car Do got... people still key cars now? Nowadays? No, but they do what scratch they? cars. They do scratch cars. They door just open their door stuff. right on your car. <laughs> that happened to Adam today. Okay. So, well, how about, you know, I'm seeing this look on your face right now. And I'm wondering if you're angry. Can you tell me what you're feeling? Hmm. Yeah, that's so. It's neutral. I'm not defensive. I'm not, you know, acting terribly anxious. I might be feeling very anxious, but I'm giving it a pause. I'm stretching it out so that my partner has a chance to tell me what's going on, and I'm not personalizing it right away. I'm not saying it looks like you're angry with me. I'm just saying looks like I'm wondering if you're angry or yeah. feeling something, and could you tell me what you're feeling? Yeah. And I mean, we could go on and on, right? There are so many others. We wanted to give you just some specifics to be able to kind of see what we mean. But the idea is simply that if you can say it better, if you can say it with a deeper level of emotion, if you can be vulnerable, if you can clearly state your ideas and what you're asking for, that it it just changes the conversation. Our partner will be able to hear us better. They will, will feel more connected and honestly, We'll do it better. We'll have more sex. Exactly. You can now call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.